Look, y'all going to have to talk back a little bit this morning. Y'all going to have to talk back a little bit this morning. Hey, hey, how y'all doing? Good to be here with you this morning. Summit Community Church, man, it's just amazing what God is doing here. You know, I remember when, when I was at Hazard First Baptist, I remember when, when Mark first came, you know, back home to eastern Kentucky and was talking about, you know, God had called them to start a church. And it's just amazing to see what the Lord is doing uh, in and through Summit Community Church in this city, in this region. Like, God is just doing some amazing stuff. Like, do y'all feel that? Do, do, y'all, do y'all feel that? Like, the Lord is, is doing some amazing things. Uh, here, and, and not only amazing things, you know, in, in your lives, but for me, uh, especially as my family, you know, the opportunity to see my sister-in-law and my father-in-law and family, you know, be here at this church and be a part of what God's doing, like, it really excites us. And so, my family, as, as Dana said, we live in New Orleans. Um, so, for all the youth in the audience, just to kind of let you know where we're at, if you've ever heard of the, uh, a rapper called Lil Wayne, uh, we live in his neighborhood. Uh, yeah. So, my, my, uh, my sons go to the same elementary school that Lil Wayne went to, and so that's where God has called my family to be. So we, we live there, we, we work there, we hang out there, we preach the gospel there, and God has started a church in that community that we are blessed to be a part of uh, called Level Ground Community Church. And so it's really awesome to, to be able to be here today and also to know that I got guys in New Orleans who are preaching the word today while I'm here, and then I can be here while Mark's away. So if it is your first time here, I do apologize. You know, like I said earlier, I'm not Mark Combs. And so if you don't like this, uh, come back next week. So, seriously. Uh, a couple things I, I want us to do before we, before we get started, before we get in God's Word. I'll go ahead and tell you where we're going. We're going to the book of Colossians. So if you want to go ahead and turn there to Colossians, hopefully you got your Bible with you or your phone or something. All right, so go ahead and get to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. That's where we're going to be at today. And so... Uh, before we get started, I need to let you know that we're going to try to do something together that's really difficult to do. We're going to try to swim upstream. Anybody ever tried to swim upstream before? You ever tried to paddle upstream? Like, that's difficult to do. I'm not a really great swimmer. Actually, I almost drowned at one time, uh, kayaking. I thought I was like a whitewater rapid hero and almost died trying to do some crazy stuff I had no business doing. And so I found out how hard it is to really swim upstream. It's difficult. So what we're going to do today is we're going to try to swim upstream. Everybody say we're going to swim upstream. I said you're going to have to talk to me a little bit, all right? Now, I've been down in New Orleans, so we kind of get a little excited about Jesus and about church. We might, you know, have to get Tim back up on them keys and start hopping a little bit. So, so what, I, what I mean by that is, you know, we just celebrated an awesome holiday. As a matter of fact, some of y'all are probably still in like a turkey-induced coma, right? We got anybody still, like you kind of half asleep this morning, like some of y'all in the front row, hopefully y'all aren't asleep, but maybe in the back, some of y'all are like, man, I just brought my blanket and my pillow, and I'm going to chill at church today because I ate so much, like I need to rest. So we just celebrate this awesome holiday, right? What was it? Thanksgiving, right? So we were all together family, friends, we were together, we were eating food, watching football, hanging out, like we were all just so thankful. Can I get a witness? Was anybody just really thankful on Thanksgiving for everything that God has done, right? Yeah, so you're really thankful about what God has done, you're excited about what the Lord has done in your life, and so you're sitting around that big bountiful feast, right, just like 
the pilgrims did, like way back in the day when they came over on that ship, you know, the Mayflower. So when they came over, when they started the first Thanksgiving, they all got together, and they had this huge, bountiful meal, like God had been good to them. And so they got together, and they said, look, it is right for us to give thanksgiving to God. Like, that is the appropriate response for us is to thank God for what he's done. So I don't know about you, but the appropriate response for us is to thank God for who he is and what he's done. Amen? Like, that's the appropriate thing. So we celebrated this day, Thanksgiving. We were all thankful for about a second. Like, I don't know if that's you or not, but, you know, we, we, we love kind of taking things like Thanksgiving, and we love, like, carving out one day a year when we're going to be really thankful on that one day. Or maybe even for a couple hours, like, I'm going to be really thankful for a couple of hours on this day, and then as soon as those couple of hours go by, or as soon as that day's over, or all the turkey sandwiches have been eaten, you know, like, We kind of forget about being thankful, and we get into Black Friday, and we get into uh, Small Business Saturday, and then we go into Cyber Monday. And so, like, everything's about, like, we we were thankful for a second, but then now we got our shopping list, and now we got to figure out how I'm going to buy that really expensive gift that my kids want. How am I going to do that on my minimum wage salary? And so, like, the stress and the anxiety and the nervousness, like, starts coming back. Like, even though it should be a time of continual thanksgiving and just thanking God and thanking God and everything that we do, like, we really struggle because life hits and our culture hits and, like, everything, like, starts pushing us towards not being thankful anymore. Amen? I don't know if y'all experience that, but I do. So I'm just going to tell on myself, if I can't preach to y'all, I'll preach to myself, all right? So it's really difficult. Like, that's why I said we're going to swim upstream because Thanksgiving's over, and we've already forgot about that. Matter of fact, some of y'all are probably sitting here in this, in this auditorium today saying, man, why are we talking about Thanksgiving? Like, man, I did that on Thursday. I don't want to be, I'm, I'm ready for Christmas and ho, ho, ho and Santa. Like, come on, man. I don't want to talk about Thanksgiving anymore. But what we got to realize, church, is that Thanksgiving, gratitude, means a lot to God. It's a big deal. Matter of fact, if you read the Bible and you look at Thanksgiving, like Thanksgiving is all over the place in the Bible. All over the place, you see God's people offering Thanksgiving and gratitude towards God and even towards each other. Like it's not just a one day out of the year thing for them. It was a continual lifestyle. Like I'm going to live a life of gratitude and I'm going to live a life of giving thanksgiving unto the Lord for he is good no matter what your circumstance or situation. Like when you read the scriptures, you see thanksgiving all over the place. A matter of fact, people in the Bible, it wasn't just like, oh, let's sit around, hold hands, kumbaya, thank you. Like, the word thanksgiving literally means to, like, throw yourself down. So, like, people in the Bible, when they said we're about to thank God and give God thanksgiving, like, these people, like, literally it was time to throw down. Like, it was time to get with it. 
Like, we are going to get excited about the Lord. We're going to give praise to the Lord. Like, I'm going to be so full of gratitude to God that I ain't got no other option but to literally throw myself at the ground and have my heart towards heaven and say, thank you, God, for what you've done. Amen? So, like, this Thanksgiving thing isn't just a small thing. Like, if you look in the Scriptures, I'm going to just go here real quick, and then we'll get to where we're going. And some of you are like, man, we're going to be here all day. Like, this dude, like, is getting in this thing. We're going to be here a while. Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is actually the psalm of thanksgiving. I want you to just listen to what this says. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever in his faithfulness to all generations. So today we're swimming upstream because we're trying to stay thankful. Right? We're trying to stay on thankful. Like, I want to sit there for a while in thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, if you keep reading in the Psalms, I love this. Just listen to the psalmist as he goes through thanksgiving. Psalm 106 says, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 107, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. You think he's done yet? Hold on. Psalm 118, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 118, verse 29, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. You think he's finished thanking God? Hold on. One, Psalm 136, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Like, that is the type of God that we serve. Man, somebody got to get a little excited about this. So that's the type of God we serve, and that's the thanksgiving that you see modeled all throughout the Bible. You see thanksgiving modeled from the Old Testament to the New Testament to Jesus. Thanksgiving is all over the place. Now, to get to Colossians chapter 3, the problem is, you know, we don't have a problem seeing thanksgiving. The problem is we have, we have an issue with staying thankful. We have an issue with staying thankful. And so you, you, you look at this in the Bible and you see these people who were thanking God, thanking God, thanking God for his deliverance, for his love, for his mercy, for his power, for his mighty deeds. Like, just think about the Bible for a second and think about how God interacted with his people. Y'all remember, like, the stories of, like, Moses in Egypt? And then God rescued his people and brought them out of Egypt into a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Man, them people were thanking God parted the Red Sea, gave them manna, gave them food. They were in the desert 40 years, and their clothes never wore out. Did that register? They were in a desert for 40 years, and their clothes never wore out. Bruh, uh, Hollister don't make clothes like that. Right? You ain't going to get that from Abercrombie. That junk fall apart. Sorry, I just offended every high schooler in here. I, I apologize. I ain't got no beef with Abercrombie. They just don't make stuff in my size, all right? 
So. so you see these people giving thanks and giving thanks and giving thanks. And then what do they do? It's like they forget. They're giving thanks to God, thanks to God. Oh, God, look at what you've done. Like, God, you're so great. Like, thank you, God. And then the next minute, they're like cursing God and building idols and like worshiping other gods. Like, what is going on? But you know what? We do the very same thing. We do the very same thing. We looked in the Bible like, man, how could these people who've seen God do a, how could these people who saw Jesus like face to face, how could these people not stay thankful? It's easy. How can we not stay thankful, right? Just think about your kids, right? How many of y'all have, like, bought the gift for your child before? Anybody? Have you ever thought that you bought the gift? Like, the gift. Several times. Amen? Can I get a witness? Like, the gift. Like, this kid had been begging for this thing for years. Finally, I worked enough overtime to get this for this child. And so when they open it on Christmas, man, they are thankful. And then the TV comes on, and they see the newest one, and they start throwing a fit and smash the other one. Because mommy and daddy, this ain't good enough. I want something else. But isn't that how we are? Like, I can't stay thankful because I want so much other stuff, right? So somebody say, finally. Somebody say, finally. All right, thank you. We're, we're, we're in Colossians chapter 3. All right. So you got about 30 more minutes, and then we'll be done. All right. <clears throat> no, no, nobody said amen for that. I don't know what's, what's going on. Y'all must have something to do after church that's more important. I don't know. All right. <clears throat> so Colossians chapter 3. So we're talking about staying thankful, and really, to get down to it, we're really talking about how do you just stay, how do you stay Christian, Really? You know, how do you stay, like, in love with the Lord? How do you have a heart that has, like, is full of gratitude? How do you keep your eyes on Jesus? How do you really walk this thing out? Like, it's not an easy walk. You get saved, and then it gets really hard. So you're trying to just continually live for the Lord. So Colossians chapter 3, we're going to get into this thing, and there's nobody else better to teach us than Paul, a man who was in prison and beaten and he went through all kinds of struggles. A man who could, like, sing hymns in jail. Like, that's the type of dude I want to pattern my life after. Like, how in the world were you beaten and shipwrecked and stoned and whipped and in jail for Jesus, but yet you were thankful? Put me in jail one night for Jesus, and I'll probably whine like my one-year-old. I'm just being real. Like, this guy suffered through a lot of things, but yet he would still remain thankful to the Lord. And let's just kind of see how he did that, all right? So Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. He says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. 
So how in the world are we going to stay thankful? How in the world do we stay in love with Jesus? How do we have this heart of gratitude and this heart of love for God that doesn't go away after the turkey's gone? First thing we do, we need, we need to realize our position. Somebody say position. You need to realize your position. So church, the question is, do we as God's people really realize our position in Jesus Christ? Do we really understand like who we are for real? I don't know about you, but if you've ever been working a job and you thought that your job was in jeopardy, how did you feel about your position? Yeah, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little shaky. But have you ever been in a place where you know that you're secure and you know that these people got your back and you know that you ain't going nowhere and can't nobody drive you out of there? Like when you get into that place, man, there is a lot of freedom in that. There's a lot of strength in that. When you know that, man, you are in a place that you can't be moved. So when you understand your position in Jesus Christ, so when we say that we're born again and we're Christ followers, Paul is saying, this is your position. You've been raised with Jesus Christ. The same power that rose Christ from the dead lives in your chest. Like that is in you. Yeah. That is in you. So like Jesus lives in you. He has taken you from the kingdom of darkness and he has transported you and got you into the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords and king of kings. Like, that is where you sit. You're not a citizen of this world anymore. You're a citizen of heaven where Jesus Christ is seated on the throne. Now, let me ask you this. How do you know somebody's the boss when they're sitting down? Some of us went to our grandparents' house for Thanksgiving. Anybody go to your grandparents' house for Thanksgiving? Anybody? What was your grandparents doing? Sitting down, right? Mine were. You know why they're sitting down? Because they're the boss. We all they minions, right? They, they work is done. So they're going to sit down and you're going to serve them. At least that's, you know, I don't know, your grandparents might be different, but mine, like, they're sitting down. Now, it might be hard for them to do that, but they do it. The people who sit down are the people who are in authority. Jesus Christ is seated on the throne in authority. He says that we need to know our position in him. We need to set our eyes on him, not on things of this earth. Get our eyes focused on the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all things to be added unto us. When we get our eyes on this world and we get our eyes on the grass is greener over here, the grass is greener over there, I would like to have this, I would like to have that. It is the enemy of gratitude. It will kill your thanksgiving when you got your eyes on this world. Because what this world has to offer will never truly satisfy your soul, ever. I don't care how much you got. It won't do it. So, so what Jesus is telling us, he's saying, look, realize that you've been raised with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You ain't got to beg no more. You got the king of kings and the Lord of lords seated on the throne. That's your position. You're, you're dead. Your life has been hidden in Christ now. It's secure. It's safe. And then when your life appears, when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Like there's going to come a day, church, when we get to be with Jesus in glory. 
And that's what the apostle Paul had his eyes fixed on. Not the things of this world, but on that day when I'm going to see Jesus face to face and victory finally will come at last. That's where his eyes were, on the Lord. The next thing is we read down. So we got to know our what? What do we got to know first? Our position. You got to know our position in Christ Jesus, right? Set our eyes on him. Fix our eyes on the Lord. But then as we move on, we see in verse 5, he says, now, once you realize your position, you need to put to death. I don't know about y'all, but that's some strong words. I don't know, you know, something being put to death, you know, he could have used like some, some other words that weren't so strong, like, you know, hey, just put it off to the side, sweep it under the rug. No, he says like put this thing to death. That is a strong, strong word. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Now, some of y'all are like, okay, I need to know my position, but then I got to kill some stuff. I got to get some things out of me. Now, some of us are sitting here saying, you know what, that don't really apply to me. That stuff you just read, sexual immorality, idolatry, evil desires, coveting, like I'm kind of arrived in my walk with Jesus. I don't really struggle with that stuff. But you see who Paul was talking, he was talking to Christians. He's like, man, there's still some earthly junk in us that's got to die. You know, Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, they need to to take up, to deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Does anybody know where a cross is going? Anybody packing a cross was a dead person walking. You just didn't pack crosses for the fun of it. Like, hey, kids, let's get together and just pack some crosses. They were going to a destination. That destination was death. So Jesus says, all my followers, man, we got to die every day to this thing, to this self, to these desires. Because they're still in us. That old man is still around. Has anybody in this room arrived yet? I saw a shirt that some of y'all are wearing. Perfect people not welcome. Is that what it says on the shirt? No perfect people allowed, right? So no perfect people allowed. So some, like y'all get that understanding that we're all still work in progress, right? But he says, look, you got these things in you that need to die. They need to be put to death. But here's the thing. If you say like, hey, I'm good with that, just listen to this. Verse 7, in these you too once walked. So Christian, like, we have to guard ourselves from that holier-than-now syndrome. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, you know, I didn't used to be like those people, like those people out there doing all these things. Yes, we did. <laughs> That's not correct grammar, but I've been in New Orleans, and so we get a little crazy with it sometimes. So, in these you too once walked, when you were living in them. So check this out. Now that you think that we're good, but listen to what he says. He doesn't stop with those things. He says, but now you must put them all away. He doesn't just stop with those sins that we would say, oh my goodness, I can't believe somebody's doing that, which we all used to do the same thing, right? He doesn't stop with those. He says, but now you must put them all away. Anger. Anybody got an issue with anger? 
anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So listen, in order for us to stay thankful and have this attitude of gratitude, we got to know our position, but then we got to put some stuff off. We got to put some stuff to death. That old sin, that old self, like we've been raised with Christ Jesus. We've put on this new self, this new man. We're now born again. And so we need to walk with the Lord and continue to seek the Lord and not be satisfied with just coming down and and saying a prayer or with just being baptized, as though all those are important, but this walk with Jesus, we're constantly walking with the Lord. Constantly we got to put these things away and get our eyes on the Lord. So if we're going to stay thankful, we got to stay committed to continue to take those things off and put those things to death that, that don't please Christ. I know I ain't getting a lot of amens on that, but that's okay. So now that we've put these things to death and we put these things off, so the first thing, we had to realize our what? Our what? Come on. Our what? Position. Next thing we do, we had to put some stuff to death, right? You got to put some stuff to death. You got to take this stuff off, right? So now, once we've taken this stuff off and we're putting these things to death, this anger, this malice, this slander, this lying, all these things, man, that we still do. Like, am I talking to myself this morning? Like, I still struggle with some of these things. Am I the only one? I still struggle with this stuff. So I'm taking all this off. I'm taking this off. And so now, it's just me and Jesus. Because he says Christ is all in all. The reason we put this stuff to death is because we want Jesus to be it. We don't want Jesus and, and, and all this other stuff. We want the Lord to be it. He's all in all, over all. We want Christ to rule and to reign in our lives and in our church to where, like, he is all that matters and he is the most important thing in the room. So we take all this off, and now it's just us and Jesus. But now that we took all this off, we need to put something on because you can't really run around church in your birthday suit, all right? So he says in verse 12, so put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Did you know that was you this morning? That you are God's chosen one, holy and beloved? He says, put on this, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. You see why this scripture is telling us we need to put to death those evil things, those sinful things, and we need to put on this new character that Jesus has given us? Because imagine a church with no malice and no anger 
and no lying to one another. Imagine a church family that acted that way. Imagine a church that had people who were full of compassionate hearts. Imagine a church that was full of kindness and humility and meekness and patience. Imagine a church that like hung in there with people and didn't just kick them out the door when they didn't have all their stuff together. I believe you're seeing some of that at this church. And then he says, and above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So you have all these things, compassionate hearts, mercy, meekness, kindness, bearing with one another, patience. And then he says, but most of all, I need you to put love on. Because love's going to tie it all together. I don't know if, if, if any of you guys in the room have ever heard a woman say something like this. We're talking about like a wardrobe or talking about a room, and they bring in that one piece and say, you're just missing this one thing because it's going to tie the whole thing together. You ever heard that before? So love is that thing that ties this all together. That love in the Lord, love in Christ, love for one another. And then he says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So for in order for us to be a people that stay thankful, we got to realize our position in Jesus Christ. We got to know who we are and whose we are. We belong to the Lord. You're a child of the King. You're a kid in the kingdom of God. And that's important. And that comes with a new life and a new identity. You're not identified with your old self anymore. You are a new creation in Christ. My favorite verse in all the Bible is Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live, I don't live it on my own, but I live it by faith in the Lord Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. I live in his power now. As a church, as a born-again child of the king, we live in him. We need to know our position so we can stay thankful. But then also, we got to put some stuff to death. There's some things in our lives, y'all, that we really have to kill because it's killing our walk with the Lord. We got to put that stuff away. But then once we put that stuff away, we need to put the good stuff on, right? We get rid of that old stuff, we need to put the good stuff on. Put on the good wardrobe of Christ. Be clothed in him. Walk worthy of him. And in everything that we do, no matter what you do, if it's working in the mines, if it's working at a fast food restaurant, if it's teaching school, if it's working in the hospital, if it's, what, if it's whatever you do, You don't have to be a a pastor or a preacher. Whatever you're doing, going to school, do all that stuff in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him for homework. Yeah, 
Giving thanks to him for your boss that drives you crazy. Giving thanks to him that, yeah, you might not be getting paid what you want to get paid, but at least you're getting paid. Like giving thanks to God in every circumstance, in every situation. But it all hinges on knowing your position. Because once you know your position, and you know that you're a son or a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it changes the game. You're not just a nobody. You're somebody in Christ Jesus who bled and died for you to save you from your sin so that you can put on the new clothes and live a life full of thankfulness to the God that made you and created you. Amen? We're going to pray. And as we get ready to, to leave, uh, I'm going to ask uh, my father-in-law, Tim, to come up. He's going to play just for, just for a minute. You know, I'm not one of those guys. I don't think Pastor Mark is either. You know, we don't, you know we're not going to be here all day. Uh, but if you're somebody in this room, and, and maybe we got some guys from Summit, some men and women who, who come down in the front and pray with people. or You know, if you're here today and you say, you know what, I, I just really need some help being thankful. You know, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. I need to be saved. I just need prayer, whatever it is. If you just need the Lord and you need to talk to somebody in this place today, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord and come to the front and come meet one of these folks up here at the front and pray with them. Or even if you're in your seat and you're by somebody that you know and love and you say, hey, would you just pray for me today? I just need help living for the Lord and living a life of gratitude and being thankful to God. So if you need that today, if you need to come to know Christ for the very first time, come. and Somebody will be here to, to meet you. So let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for every person in this room, every person that's gathered here. Just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come and to worship, to give you thanks. Lord, I pray that you would make us a people who are thankful, that our lives would be characterized by thankful hearts, to God for what you have done, for what you have done in Jesus Christ, for the life that you've given us. So Lord, we love you today. And Lord, I know you love every person in this room. I pray you just meet us where we are today, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you for this time to gather in Jesus' name. So yeah, the altar's open if you want to come up front. You can do that. There's some counselors in the back. I think that's how you guys roll. There's counselors in the back. If you need to come up here and just pray, come on. If you need to talk to somebody, I think they're in the back. So amen. It's good being with you. Let's just take this time to respond to the Lord.
right, so I'm at church. It's been a good day in the house of the Lord. Amen. Gather together. So, I know I know we still got some folks praying and, and doing that, so you guys can keep doing that. There's no stop to the call of God. Uh, he doesn't work on our timetable. Um, so we're going to close out with some music and just worshiping the Lord. So go just today in thankfulness to God and what he's done, and let's be a people that stay thankful to the Lord. And we'll be thinking about y'all in New Orleans and excited about what God continues to do here in, in our home. So thank y'all for having us today. It's been great. I just want to say a big thanks to Josh and his family for being here today with us. Yeah. And, and I have a couple announcements, just some church things. Um, for anybody that's new here today, for anybody that's a returning guest or has any questions about Summit, we are having our VIP event. You guys can meet me right up here in this corner as soon as, as service is over. Um, Wednesday, we are doing our first Summit one-on-one. That is for anybody that is here today that wants to come. Anybody that wants to know the history of Summit, has any questions about Summit, Mark will be leading that. So anybody that's here today that wants to meet Mark since he wasn't with us here, that's a great opportunity to meet him. That's Wednesday at 6 in the multi-purpose room. Don't forget that our Christmas service is coming up on the 21st. That's two services, 4 and 7. I still need a lot of volunteers for that to try to help make that happen. If you're interested in signing up to volunteer, just go out here to the kids' check-in table and you can sign up there. I'd love to see some people stay for the VIP event today. And you guys have a great week. Thanks. Nothing can separate Even if I ran away Your love mistakes, but you have been mercy for me every day. Your love never fails. You stay the same. Side.